everybody, and welcome to Changemakers from Within, a podcast about the everyday heroes who are turning their for-profit businesses into socially responsible workplaces. I'm your host, Rachel Klausner, and I'm the founder and CEO of Millie, a social impact platform for companies of all sizes. talk about the giving craze that's sweeping the nation. All right, Gwen, walk us through. Hi, everyone. This is Stacey Schmitz from the Millie team here with Rachel, our founder and mutual host, as we chat about all things Giving Madness. So excited. Yeah. For those that don't know what Giving Madness is, um, it's basically a really cool virtual event that can take place over the course of a few hours, a day, a week, a month. And it's a gamified giving experience. The game kicks off with a bracket of nonprofits. Where companies put money in a donation pool. And then our employees vote for their favorite nonprofits through the bracket. Now, after the championship game, the funds get divided up proportionately depending on where they land. Absolutely. Giving madness. You, as a company, put a whole bunch of money towards the bracket. You have a whole bunch of nonprofits in the bracket. Most folks choose 16 nonprofits. Um, And then you invite your employees to vote those nonprofits through the bracket over the course of four rounds. So they're learning about different nonprofits. They're reading through profiles, watching videos, all this fun stuff as they vote. And then at the end, uh, the money gets dispersed proportionally depending on where nonprofits land. And all nonprofits receive a piece of the big pie. And it's a lot of fun and employees can add money to the pool and you can match around added money and there's just a lot you can do, but it's a great way to get a lot of your team involved in the social impact of your company. Um, because we know it's, you know, that's just a big challenge is participation rates and getting everyone as many people as possible involved. And so giving madness was really a solution to solve for that. Very cool. Can you tell us the origin story of giving madness? Where did it all begin? The origin story is actually a really fun one. Basically, a whole bunch of years ago, I want to say now four years ago, um, it was March time. So it was right around the time of March Madness. Um, and I was in the early days of starting Millie. Really early. We like barely had, I don't even think we had a product at the time, to be honest. And it was just me. And I was trying to basically have as many coffee chats with as many people as possible because I just wanted to learn and figure out like what to do and what was next and what to build and all that fun stuff. And so I had an amazing coffee chat with Tim Smith, who at the time worked at the Boston Foundation. And he was so gracious in giving me time. And we just really hit it off. So we took um, like a, a whiteboard and just started like chatting about different ideas. And we were just having the greatest time because we were both obsessed with philanthropy and corporate philanthropy. And there was just so much we knew was untapped in the space. And so, yeah, so we... Actually, it's funny now, Tim's at Pledge 1%, which makes a lot of sense because he's obviously passionate about corporate giving and that's such a such an important organization in our space. And so we were having a chat and he was like, Rachel, I'm just obsessed with March Madness. Someone really needs to do something with, you know, giving back and brackets and March Madness. Like, it's just so much fun. And I was like, oh my gosh, you are brilliant. I 100% am going to be that person that builds this. Like the second he said it, I was like, this is genius. And I think he never thought I was actually going to do it. 
obviously years later, I emailed him this like really out of the blue email, by the way, I built that thing (laughs) that you dreamed of. Um, So yeah, we like spitballed around that idea. The second he said it, we were just talking about different things you could do around it and how it could evolve. And it just like planted that little seed. And I really didn't touch the seed for a long time, but I knew that we would do it eventually. Like I knew I was like, I, this just feels right. So yeah, just kind of, that's where it all began. And then yeah, years later it happened. That's so fun. And when did you actually decide to to make it a reality? Yeah, good question. So we had about a year plus of real amazing companies using our product for corporate giving and, you know, donation matching and volunteering. And so once we were really like stood our ground and kind of knew what we had and the products we had, and we had kind of the core features that companies were looking for to create these social impact programs, it really started to bubble to the top this big question mark around participation, right? That was like the nut that ever, and is the nut that everyone in our space is trying to crack, right? How do we get as many people as possible in each company to really utilize a match and volunteering and all the different programs that companies um, create for their employees? So once we had like, you know, good standing under us with like, okay, we have this great product and we have all these great customers and like, how do we get higher engagement for everyone across the board? That's when I knew I was like, guys, we got to do this. This is really going to help us solve this problem. And I knew it was different and unique. So we weren't, I guess we weren't a hundred percent positive it was going to work, but we like knew that we had to at least try it because we were like, we got to just try this, you know? So yeah, so that that's kind of when we decided to make it a reality was right around the time that we had like a year and a half under our belt with companies using the platform. And we were like, okay, how do we give them something more? How do we get more people involved that wouldn't necessarily be the people that would, you know, sign up to volunteer or donate, but maybe they just wanted to like get excited about something or vote or hear, you know, have their voice heard or it's definitely like a lower bar because there's less commitment, but then there's a lot of engagement because there's a lot you read through and look through in order to vote. So then how did the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation get involved? So that was really fun. So we, and also a crazy story. I don't think I've ever shared this publicly, but we actually, they had this like open call for cool philanthropic ideas. And I think it was like for a kind of a smaller grant, maybe like a $5,000 grant. And we're like, let's do it. Like at the time, $5,000 would go a really long way when we were like just getting started. And this was like early, early days. So we filled out the grant or the, I forgot what it was called. It was, it was minor, but it was a lot of questions and videos and just like fun stuff. And we of course didn't get it. You know, and we were like, what? We think this is the coolest thing ever. Like, we just didn't understand how we didn't get it because we, we really thought we were we were in it. So we didn't get it. And we were like really bummed. But I still knew I was like, I still want to do this, you know, but it, it might be a little bit harder to figure out like the finances of it and all that. But anyways, time passed. Many, many, many months passed. Um, Because again, that was like early days of the idea and, and you know, it brewing. And... I get an email from the Bill and or actually it was like through this whole program that they had with IDEO that they were going to be doing this really cool like summer, like week long brainstorming session 
to hash through different topics across, they called it like a collab sprint um, across different companies. So they were going to bring together a whole bunch of different like companies and nonprofits together. And each collab sprint, like each group was all around a different topic. And so our group was scheme fight giving (laughs) because they had seen, obviously they had read through our application around gamified giving and they really liked it. And even if we didn't get the grant, they were like, oh, it's really cool. So they invited us to this collab sprint because of that grant, that $5,000 that we didn't get. So I'm really glad we still applied, obviously, because it all trickled down. You just don't know. This was like literally a year later. Um, and yeah, so we did the collab sprint. It was amazing. So much fun. Met some amazing people folks that are still like good friends today. And we did a lot of really cool brainstorming and came up with really cool ideas. And some of those ideas definitely trickled into what we ended up building into Giving Madness. So that was really cool, like really thinking through gamification and, and being thoughtful about it and all that fun stuff. So yeah, so they after this collab sprint, they were like, Hey, do you want to apply for this, um, kind of larger grant, um, to bring this to life? And I was like, yes, please. That sounds wonderful. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, so we took it from there. Um, and basically a year after we first applied to that other thing that didn't come to fruition, that, that smaller grant, um, we ended up starting to work with the Gates team. Um, and it was, it's been great. Um, and yeah, we've been working with them for almost a year now. I love that. Never give up. That's amazing. (laughs) So this was the first year that Giving Madness officially launched. How did it go? It was awesome. Like truly so much fun. What a blast. Like I'm so grateful to the companies that we partnered with that like believed in us that were like, yeah, let's try this crazy thing out that's never been done before. Um, So that was really so much fun to work with companies. So before anyone else knew about this crazy thing that we did with giving back and brackets and all that fun stuff, you, Megan, and your team took a chance and decided to be our pilot before we launched it to make sure all the bugs were worked out, to make sure this actually was a thing that people wanted to use. So thank you for trailblazing with us. Can you tell us a little bit about how it went and what that experience was like? First off, no thank you needed. That was the coolest. Even from the demo, I was like, hell yes, are we doing this? We have to be a part of this. (laughs) Honestly, so revolutionary. um, And I truly believe it's going to change employee engagement forever. It's so fun. And yeah, it just changed the way we we have decided to engage our employees in, in our grant making efforts. Before, we just had a small committee deciding on who we give grants to, but now we can engage every single employee and they can be a huge part of that effort. And so we loved it from beginning to end. There were no bugs. It was the smoothest pilot <laughs> I've ever been in. And I work at a tech company, so we do a lot of pilots. But it was so smooth. It was so fun. We chose 16 amazing nonprofits. And right away, employees were so excited to start voting and donating. I think at the end of the day, like we decided to do this because we wanted participation to go up. And traditionally in our space, participation is really low. So um, in our general industry, the average participation in some sort of like annual giving or giving program usually hovers around 10%. um, And that's even lower in many industries. And so we were looking for much higher than 10%, right? 10% was like really low. And that's that obviously, like our customers have higher than 10% on their engagement. But still, we we were like, we gotta, that's really what we wanted to move the needle on. 
And in the end, it was great. We ended up with, you know, 29% participation across the board, 29% was the average of companies' participation rates. And those changed based on a bunch of different factors. So there were definitely certain levers that we saw um, if you did certain things to the bracket or timelines or things like that, you could get even higher participation rates. Um, so it was really a lot of fun and it worked, right? I mean, we were like, I think we wanted anything that was like above 15 or 20% we were going to be excited about. Um, and so the fact that it hovered at around 30% was awesome. So yeah, we were just really, really pumped about it and, and just like couldn't believe that it actually worked. Um, because who knew, you know, it was, it, it really was like a, you know, we were like doing an experiment, you know, and, 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 and what I'm so grateful for with all of our, you know, customers and our partners that ran them was, you know, they were doing the experiment with us, but they were also putting a lot of money towards it, right? They were putting 20, 30 plus K you know, in each of these brackets. And so they were putting a lot of money in this, like, okay, we, we have no idea if people are going to like this or going to try it. Um, but it was great and companies loved it. And yeah, one of our customers said this like amazing thing that I never thought about. He was like, the most important part of Giving Madness that we, you know, didn't anticipate was that it really was an advocacy tool. And I was like, oh, interesting. Like, I just always thought of it as like an educational tool because you're learning about the nonprofits or like, you know, a giving tool or all these other things. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. He's like, the best part about having the Giving Madness bracket run in their company was that it was an, an amazing excuse and reason for people in their company to brag about amazing nonprofits that they loved and were passionate about. And so watching all of his peers go to, you know, all the their different coworkers and say, hey, have you heard about this great organization? It's awesome. Like, let me tell you about it. Like the whole advocacy, because there was this like somewhat competitive nature of like, okay, I need to get as many votes for my favorite nonprofit because I want them to, you know, receive these funds and be able to do more programming. Like, that was really cool. So like in some ways, you know, sometimes there's a concern about a little bit of a competitive nature. But what he had pointed out to me, which was so interesting, was it actually like fueled advocacy, right? Because if there wasn't that, like it would be weird for you to go up to people and be like, hey, have you heard about this great nonprofit? Like it feels a little showy or like awkward to like go around to people on a random Tuesday. Like, yeah, it's not a natural topic of conversation per se. Exactly. Yep. Um, And that was great. And then people could get behind it and people could support each other. And it was just really, that was really cool to hear because we didn't realize like what, you know, what would actually be when it, when it played out. Totally. Yeah. As someone who participated in a giving madness bracket with Millie, absolutely confirmed that that was true. It was so fun to see what different nonprofits everyone wanted to support. And you learned a lot about people and a lot about even their personal lives and what they really cared about in a way that normally you wouldn't have those conversations, especially in today's virtual world on on Slack. So that's amazing. So in addition to that finding, the, the advocacy piece of it, the fact that we drove a lot of engagement, what were some of the other findings? I know Millie recently re- released a report on the outcome. Yeah. Um, and I definitely recommend for anyone listening that's interested in kind of the numbers and how it all broke down to take a look at the report. It's amazing. Um, huge shout out to Julie on our team for putting it together. It's huge and has just like a lot of great data that and learnings that I think folks can take with them in other things, like not just with giving madness, but like, oh, what, what works better, you know, when running programming? Um, not everything will translate one to one, but um, a lot of it I think is just interesting to pull from. So yeah, there was some really cool 
cool data. Just to give everyone a sense, this data was all run across the nine pilots that we had. So we had nine pilot companies launch Giving Madness in early 2022, so in March. And so that's kind of where we pulled the data from. We've obviously had a lot of customers since, and some of those same ones run more Giving Madness brackets. Um, but this is really just for those first nine pilots that ran. Um, that's what this data is around. So yeah, so first of all, participation was great. Like we chatted about, really exciting. Um, the thing that we like to talk about is not just participation. So participation is kind of how many people voted in any games, right? But the other piece that we love to talk about is engagement. So how deep, how many times someone was voting? Because obviously there was more than one game to vote on. There's a whole bunch. And so we want to end across different rounds, right? There's four rounds. So the way it works is you can do it across, you know, four hours, four days or, you know, four weeks, however long you want to do it. But there's four rounds. And so one of the things that we saw, which was really interesting, was we were very nervous that engagement was going to drop as each round went on. We thought, okay, for sure, people are going to get just super excited about it at the beginning. And then like as each week passed or as each day passed, like that engagement was going to dip. And we actually saw the opposite. It actually slightly increased as the weeks or days um, went on. Um, so we're not sure exactly what to attribute that to. My guess is that it was just more money on the line. Um, and maybe there was just more communication about it towards the end. And um, maybe people were, you know, it was more spitballing. Maybe there was more talk internally about it as you were getting to that final, final one. But we were really excited about it. So that's great. Super shocking. We didn't think that was going to be the case, but we were really excited. So that, that was awesome. So the other thing that was really interesting was we had a little bit of a glitch on one of our customers' email setups. So basically they um, had launched, they had put together their bracket. They had a, wanted it to be like a month long bracket or something like that, but really they, they set it up for a one week bracket. I forgot what, what it was, but basically after the bracket started, they decided to switch it. Um, and so they switched it in doing that switch. It actually allowed us to create this like amazing little lab for ourselves because it took out one round's worth of emails because of like the way they switched it from like a month to a week. It like missed the second round's email going out. So they had like the first round, the email went out and then the third and fourth, the emails went out, but the second they didn't. So we really knew with the same group of people and we could, we can, show it against everybody else that had all the emails. So that was really interesting. So there was a big drop there. Um, so it caused a 6% drop in uh, the average engagement rate for that round, which was super interesting. And that was cool because we did not do that on purpose. And I kind of wish we did because like, it's really smart to do that. So we could see like what that, what that means. And that was great. And then the other thing that we did that was interesting was we looked at duration. So what actually drove more participation? Was it a one week bracket or a one month bracket? And so it, it was actually pretty close, um, but a one week bracket ended up being a little bit higher. So average engagement for a one week bracket was 4% higher than for a one month. Um, and participation rates um, were actually a lot higher. So the average participation rates for a one week bracket, um, which was about half of our nine pilots, um, was 41%. So really high compared to 19% on the one month bracket. So um, participation definitely shifted, engagement shifted 
like it was a smaller differential, um, but participation definitely was much higher when you had a one week bracket. I think there was more excitement around it. There was more of a push around it um, and it just time boxed it a little bit better. Whereas I think on the one month, what we're seeing was probably people were like, oh yeah, we'll get to it, we'll get to it and just kind of pushed it off, but actually making it one week you actually had a much higher um, participation, which is a little bit surprising. <laughs> you would think if you gave people a longer period of time to do something, because participation is just participating at least in one game, right? So you would think, oh, I'm giving people way more time to do this, like people are gonna join. Um, but what we found was actually the engagement on those one week brackets were a lot higher. So um, definitely something for people to think about if they're, you know, if participation and engagement are the most important thing in doing this. Um, we definitely recommend doing the one week after seeing this all play out. Totally makes sense. Some very cool findings. Uh, what was your most surprising finding? I think out of all the different findings, and there's more. So as folks like are hearing these findings, if there's anything else that piques your interest, we talk all about like follow-on giving, added pooled giving, different topic areas, um, kind of like what was popular. Um, so I definitely suggest taking a look at the report because it's it's just a whole lot of pages of really cool data laid out really prettily. <laughs> Don't know if that's a word, but <laughs> we'll go with it. But yeah, I think the, I think out of the most surprising, I think the duration one to me was the most surprising duration or engagement. I mean, duration, I totally was expecting the one month brackets to have more people. And I think on the engagement, I think as well, like I totally thought as each round went on, we would have lower engagement and we didn't. It was surprising. So those were definitely the two most shocking. Um, but yeah, there was, there were really cool. There's, there's just a lot of cool data. Um, we also talked through Slack in there, um, because we had, uh, some of the companies were using their Slack notifications. And so you could see the difference between the companies that use the Slack notifications, their engagement, um, and participation versus without it, which there was definitely a jump there. So there's really cool data overall. And it was just a fun thing to do. I, I'm like, a semi-data nerd, but I, you know, don't really get to do that every day in my day job. So this was fun for me to really be able to like test things out and have an excuse to like look at the numbers and see what works and what doesn't. Um, because, you know, it's just fun. Yeah. And really cool information, like you said, to share for folks in the future who are thinking about doing a, a Giving Madness bracket. And speaking of the future, what what is the future for Giving Madness? What are you thinking? What's next? Great question. Um, I think one of the biggest things that came out of this um, that just gets me really excited is the potential to do and run Giving Madness Brackets for your entire community as a, as a company. So that would include folks like your customers or your stakeholders or anyone that you would want to include. We definitely saw that come up a lot. A lot of our customers asked us, hey, can we run this with our customers? This would be a lot of fun if we like put $50,000 towards a bracket and invited all of them to vote nonprofits through and just get everyone engaged and involved. So I think that I'm just so pumped about the ability that hopefully we'll, we'll build into the tool for next year um, for teams to be able to really include um, all of their customers as well. So not just employees, but really getting everyone engaged. So that's I, I think that's going to be a really cool thing to see and watch um, because, you know, for us as a company at, at Nelly, we are 
obviously very focused on employee engagement. And, and that's really the lens that we take with our social impact work is how do you do it internally as a, as a, as a team. Um, so I think this will be really interesting to see how folks engage customers and just give them another way that's interesting and different because our gift cards are, have been super popular giving out these charitable gift cards to, to customers, right? That's been like one way that our customers have used the tool, which was surprising um, because, you know, we always thought we were in this employee engagement, you know, little sphere and, and, and folks are still using it to engage customers. So I think this will be just another way, like how fun would that be to, you know, run this and include 10,000 customers or however many customers you have in your database and, and, and just um, invite them to come join you. So it'll be cool. Spending money like I just got paid Hundred dollar bills, tell them keep the change Come on Well, this was great, Rachel. It was so fun to hear about everything that you learned, how you got to Giving Madness, and really excited to, to see more in the future. Yeah, thanks for being a part of it. Changemakers from Within is a production of Millie, the charitable giving platform that helps for-profit companies build cultures of giving. If you're looking to jumpstart social responsibility initiatives at your workplace and don't know where to start, check us out at milligiving.com. Thanks to Audionautics for some of the music.